Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Everyday Struggle podcast. Nadeska here with DJ Academics in Wayno, taking you through some of the biggest stories of the week, including an important bonus segment on Lil Uzi versus Occult. That's a true story, but more on that later. First up is Vic Mensa versus Takashi 69 and Academics. Vic called out the Brooklyn rapper for allegedly biting his style from Chicago, but we all know that 6ix9ine is only here for the joke, so of course he had a ball with this one. And Act just got caught up somewhere in the middle. Vic also spoke to TMZ, basically explaining that, look, he's sensitive about his community. He doesn't like people talking crazy. 6ix9ine was out there a few months ago walking through the streets, giving people money, saying he's giving to the community because Chicago rappers don't do it, which is obviously just an outright lie. He likes to troll. He's just clearly having fun with this. Ak, I don't even know what my question is here. <laughs> like, what's um, good? Well, to Vic Mensa. First of all, I always say this about Vic Mensa. Vic Mensa is never like 100% wrong on anything he says. However, number one, he always comes across like, and, and I think if when you look at that Angie Martinez interview where 6ix9ine says, does anyone know a Vic Mensa song? It kind of highlights the problem, right? Like the thing with Chicago and 6ix9ine happened like two months ago, yet it's the only relevant part of your whole conversation that people care about. The problem is nobody cares about Vic Mensa's music. Mm. They care about when he, he is talking about someone else that we do care about. All right, just to be fair, yeah, there are nobody? some big... Yeah, we can't say that no one cares. Yeah, that's, that's a bit exciting. We can say that you definitely don't care. You can say you don't care, but you right. can't say nobody cares look, at look, all. We're not saying he's as popular as 6ix9ine. Obviously, the studio's in the headlines all the time. Just for moderating you sake... you know Vic Mensa's song? Of course, I really liked his first tape. I loved Internet Tape. I did. Okay. Do you know a song? All right, cut it out. Okay. That makes I know, sense. I know, I know. He, he has, he has you got his the fans. No, I know fans. one. No, I, I didn't Google soda. it. Orange soda. I do know orange Yo, soda. You don't know good. I don't. Okay. I, I, listen, I don't, but I, I'm not going to say that nobody don't know right, none of this shit. Like, come on. You ever seen his shows? Like, he does good shows. For, listen, for I a guy who went on tour with Jay-Z to open up, it was very sad that I was looking for Vic Mensa fans this weekend, literally. Where were you looking at? I was looking at Instagram comments. So I was reading all these comments on his pages because, ironically, and again, he had a good point about 6ix9ine, except it looked like you were using that to gain attention for a project or a song you were trying to promote. Mm. Nobody cares about your music. I'm going to say that again. I'm sorry. Again, that happened two months ago. After this whole thing happened and everybody started picking up the story, hey, you're dissing 6ix9ine. Listen, nobody's going to feel sorry for anybody dissing 6ix9ine. That is not a problem. <laughs> but the next day you turn around and it's like, but fuck all that beef. This is one, this one for the ladies, though. 
Like, that was like... I'm not, yo, I'm not going to lie. That wasn't crazy? No, 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 it's not that was crazy. The this funny, for no, the, ladies, the funny shit was, did y'all see the Angie interview? And 6 ix 9 was like, yo, he said, man, he was like, he was looking all sexy with his phone. Yeah! No. Man, that, was, that was hilarious. So you know 6 ix 9 is an entertainer. He's I, the worst person to beef if, if he's you the really worst are person. trying to make a point. He's just going to make jokes the yo, whole time. Nah, I understand that about him now. Like, I really understand his method because he said, he was like, yo, I'm the person, like, I'll keep poking you until you're ready to cry and then I'll stop. But he's like, I might keep poking you just to get you upset. See, I understand that. Now, act. What you got to realize... I couldn't find... Wait, wait, hold on. Let me just tell you. I was searching for a Vic Mensa fan, right? So, under the little post where he was saying, yo, this... Fuck the beef. This is for the ladies, though. I'm reading through the comments trying to see, like, who the fuck cares about the music. And I get to realize, and it reminded me of another rapper. Well, he said it. Vic never said this, but... These are the only people who I saw, like, really, like, rooting for Vic Mensa. It was just women who thought he looked good, right? And just people who hated me. You know what I mean? There was zero people who really liked Vic Mensa's music. So, essentially, he dropped, he dropped the song. Nobody cared about it. And I am going to anticipate that this new promo run, because that's why he got mad at me. When he did the interview, I posted it up with a caption that said, he's found the new subject of his promo run. Mm. We all remember last time... The nigga went from station to station with different freestyles dissing me. That nigga could have dropped an album dissing me. Again, I'm not mad at what, what happened on Everyday Struggle. Because it's a moment. Like, nigga, if, if I didn't do something in the moment or if nothing happened, I'm not mad over it, nigga. I'm on the show every day. But when he used it for his whole promo run, I'm like, I've never seen a rapper use a blogger as a promo run. I was shocked. You get me? Mm. So now, of course, 6 ix 9 is actually a good candidate to use for a promo run, except you have to be as clever and witty as he is, or else he'll turn it on you. Mm. So I'm just looking at him to say, Vic Mensa, bro. Are you trolling today with that Chicago Bulls hat? No. No, I, I like, I always wear like... <laughs> <laughs> no. It's just coincidence that you're trolling. wearing it but, today. Bro, y'all know like I rolled up out of bed and just grabbed the most attractive <laughs> hat to match with it. I, mean, I can't match. No, Cut but, it out. I'm like, not that witty. Is there any I, basis to this, by the way? No, I like that he's biting off other rappers' style. But well, six nine did say that Rondo number nine is the reason that what made him want to rap. Mm-hmm. And you've seen him use like art certain artists that he grew up liking or like he liked their music, their lines in his music. So I'm not gonna say that he bit um specifically a certain person, but I mean in New York everybody started doing like drill type sound and music after Chief Keef and them. So, and, and, uh, and not just New York, but everywhere. It's, they, Chicago influenced, that scene kind of influenced hip hop for the past like three years. Right. The younger guys, I mm-hmm. mean, in the streets, the younger guys in the streets. So I'm not going to just say 6ix9ine stole somebody's style because he, he doesn't have anybody's style but his own. There's never been anybody other than like maybe Dennis Rodman <laughs> running around changing their hair color and shit. And, Having crazy antics. To be fair, Vic Mensa, and that's what I'm saying, though, like, nigga be having some points, but then he, he's like the Azalea Banks of male rapper. Damn, dog. Like, nobody wait, wait, cares. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Azalea Banks. You, you can't. That's a stretch. When have we yeah, ever on, talked yo. about Vic Mensa unless he was trying to talk about somebody else? Keep well, that's because the first time we had him on the show, like, two months in, you guys. No, no, no. Beyond that. Beyond that. And he has a pattern. Mm. And that's the only thing I'll point out to you guys. He's targeted certain rappers who are the rappers who who have gotten a lot of attention. And I could go back to when he's not Azalea Banks, though. He's Azalea Banks. He's the guy who like, yo, I don't like this. I don't like that. And like, he's never talking about himself. 
Now, things got a little more serious during our discussion about TK. The 18-year-old Texas rapper dropped his hit The Race last year and is currently awaiting trial for murder, but now he's also facing a lawsuit from the families of his alleged victims. They're accusing the rapper and his team of using his crime spree for profit. First of all, I know you guys both like The Race. A lot of people like the song. As you find out more about his legal issues, does it affect how you feel about the music at all? You know what? I had like a little, somewhat of a struggle with this, mm -hmm. no pun intended, like, because majority of the artists that I grew up listening to, I believed a lot of the stuff that they said they did. Um, but when I look at Tay K, like at such a young age, the song sounds cool and like we watch, we're entertained by murder when it's Arnold Schwarzenegger killing a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. Um, when we watching Taken, you always reference Taken. When Taken, when he's doing a bunch of shit. Right. Even down to like hood movies, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people's favorite scenes are the violent scenes, but when it's an actual thing, mm -hmm. it kind of, you kind of taken back about it. You know, um, like Ax said, it sounds like every other rapper that you could think of, but this shit is very serious. Yeah. And it does make me view his music a little bit differently. Especially the timing of how it happened, right? So it's yeah. like he allegedly committed one murder. He was... He got caught and signed the deal and released the song at the time. So it was still sort of fresh. So I assume for the like the families, that must be extra tough. Do you guys feel like they have a strong case here? Well, even before I get to the case, uh, just seeing how people, like, they, just like you, you get a little uneasy when you read the case. And then, you know, I mean, if it's just a song, like, oh, snap, this is kind of, kind of goes in. Then you're like, wait, this is like some factual shit that right. allegedly happened. Um, it, it number one reiterates what I've been saying for a while. Rap is definitely most hypocritical genre. Like, we love gangster music. We criticize the fake rappers. We love to applaud the guys who seem real mm -hmm. until somebody did exactly what it's they're true, saying. Yeah. And by the way, most of the music we're, we're glorifying is really the drug dealing music, which is all these guys are supposedly Pablo Escobar in, in their raps. Or they're like some serial killer because they're rapping about killing people every time. But again, you know what I mean? I, it's that fine line. And you know what I mean, it's a cultural thing, too, uh, at least with hip hop. We we wanted to to kind of be like, it's real, but it's not real. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is a stark reminder that some of this stuff is real. Now, as far as the case, unfortunately for those families, I don't believe they're going to have much of a case, despite if he gets found guilty or not. Um, I just feel like this is a precedent case of sorts. And if you're going to allow families, right, to basically say, hey, you're referencing crimes because he, he didn't he didn't specifically reference the crime. Mm -hmm. Right. Of course, he referenced. But we don't case, know. Right. right. We don't know. And again, this art, like people could cloak things in art and expression. And who knows if they were he really was talking about that. Um, if if they are awarded this sum of money. Everybody could sue. Like every, like if you if you beat me up and you rapped about it, now nah, I'm suing. No, but you okay. can though. But see, that's that, that's the thing. But, but you, could, you, would you win? And also freedom of speech. Like, are we gonna say that? But but, but see, all of that is is technical. It's like this, right? If you get into, like, if you have an injury or some shit, and you're trying to sue a company, mm -hmm. right? You're trying to sue a company. I, I've seen people who like. The injury is not that bad, but they make sure they walk around with a cane just so that they don't give off that they're faking, right? Right. Now, with artists, they always talk all of this shit, all this gangster shit, all this tough shit until they're in front of the law, right? Mm -hmm. And this is a larger conversation for the hood because not only in music, but people rap about their friends 
beating charges all the time. Or my friend is a hitter, my friend is a shooter. And then when somebody kills your friend, mm -hmm. then it's, I'm so sad that my friend is gone. But no, if your friend killed three or four people, it's eventually gonna come back around to him, yeah. which is totally unrelated. But I'm just saying like, in terms of how we view things. And that's why I always say the hood is a mindset, it's not a place. Right. Because it's a mentality that makes people feel a certain way. Because it's always cool until that shit is in your household. Now, even for us, we're talking about this. Now, if Tay-K allegedly killed one of my cousins, I wouldn't give a fuck about what he going through, mm -hmm. or his music. Yeah, we want some sort of compensation because you're supposed to be reaping benefits off of allegedly running away from the case that you have. I just think that rappers are just so stupid nowadays yeah. that they would like- It's they, crazy to be a fugitive, right? To be wanted right. for murder, to be a fugitive and literally put all of that in a song and put it out as it's actually happening. So like you're saying, if right. we're looking at it on a case-by-case -case basis, none of us are lawyers, but in this one, it's like a little bit easier to draw the line here. It's not yeah. like you're rapping about something that could have happened 10 years ago, five years ago. Yeah and no though, right? Because again, and, and this is why, of course, they're filing early, but this mm -hmm. all hinges on him getting convicted. Mm -hmm. If he literally, quote, unquote, beats the case, you're not getting any money, right? Now, if he is found guilty, right? And I think this is where it, it gets hazy. It's like, um, I do think they, they have a great case to say, hey, if you're convicted of murdering our loved one, our loved one would have gone on to go to college, make money that could have probably helped us. If you are now rich, yeah, you're, you gotta fork some money over. We saw that with Aaron Hernandez. No, your wife and, and, and kids are not gonna just enjoy your NFL contract while when the guy who was here, he was killing people left and right. No, yeah. we need some of that money because again, unfortunately you cannot pay for a life, mm -hmm. but when someone loses their life, it really interrupts the whole family structure. That person could have been the, provide, the, the breadwinner, the provider, and, and shit has to then get sorted out. But I think this case is gonna hinge on, number one, him getting found guilty, but I don't think it will be because he was profiting from it. I just think, yeah, he's an entertainer or he's rich. Well, we have to wonder if his team planned for it because in this lawsuit, I'm just going by what they said, is that he put the money in a trust where people wouldn't be able to access it easily. So we don't know if they thought that this might happen, so they took precautions. Well, and we talked somewhat about it yesterday, just the culture of how, like, this music is being put out now where these kids, they're rapping about shit they're actually doing. And I think that social media is, like, one of their best outlets, but their worst enemies. Because now a lot of these kids, not only particular to this case, but when kids get into altercations and shit, they feel the pressure to do something. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, okay, if you get into something at school and somebody's like, oh, we gonna fight after school, everybody's watching you like, what you gonna do? Like, y'all gonna fight? Now, if something happens on social media, somebody's looking for something else to happen on social media, right. which then fuels the fire that ends up with more violence and more violence. That's why I'm saying it's, always, it's a mindset. But, um, like with this Tay-K shit, I asked this question on Twitter. I was like, yo, do his fans actually care if he did this shit or not? And a lot of kids responded saying they don't care. That's the fucked up world we live in now. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, I, I know a lot of, like now listening to like a lot of Biggie lyrics, right? When he was telling certain stories, you know he wasn't doing this shit. Like, you know, he's just telling, a, like, writing an articulate story and just p putting it a certain way. Mm -hmm. It's a difference between that and mentioning 
how you did somebody did somebody and then you actually see the case come from it. So I don't know if they they will win, but I don't know if they don't have a, a strong case either yeah. because your words can be used against you in the court of law. I've seen it happen to people. Like, literally. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Fans are definitely desensitized because we saw when X died, like, the footage of him circulating yeah. on the internet and people making jokes is pretty sickening. So they mentioned in here, it's like, we don't want to enrich a record company that supports a child thug. And I guess they could go after them because, remember, Spotify did remove him from the playlist when they took X off and R. Kelly, but there's a lot of backlash. So I, 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 Stop right there. I think that's the only point, well, not only point, but probably the biggest point that I kind of support. You, you know when things happen or, you know what I mean, like a situation like this where like uh, artists like TK, he's now in jail. And by the way, he's young. He was incarcerated at what, 16, Six, 17. Yeah. Like a lot of times, the first thing people do, where is the blame going to go? Mm -hmm. yeah. And in whatever situation, shit, if it's 6ix9ine, if it's X, if it's Kodak, if it's whoever, people try to figure out the easy places to point blame but they forget who really benefits and reaps most of the benefit from all these artists, the record companies. Mm -hmm. mm. You get me? I remember there was a whole outcry, hey, media companies, you guys shouldn't be talking about these guys and uplifting their music. Spotify, take their music down. Mm. But not one person sitting outside of these record companies who are gaining millions from them. That's a good point. Okay, like, like at the end of the day, and you know, God rest his soul, X passed away, his record company's caking. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Takashi goes out and says shit and risks his life every day. Something might happen to him, yeah. right? His record company is caking. Yeah. Most of these, and, 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 and I'm sorry, I'm going to let you go in a mm -hmm. second, but um, that's the thing, like, with Take K, it's lost in the shuffle. The, the record companies, they do a great job of, like, here's some shit. We get, we're really the ones profiting, but we can hide our hands. So I liked how this lawsuit pointed out. And, you know, I mean, I, I know some of the people who are behind taking, they're, they're good people. You know what I mean? So I'm not really even targeting at them, but I like that element really being brought to the forefront. Hey, you guys are supporting them. Mm -hmm. You guys are putting them out. And a lot of times what we've seen, cause we've definitely seen this example before. Right. Um, maybe not, I'm not going to say his record label turns back on him, but we saw well, what happened Bobby, with Bobby Schmurter. Yeah, they accused him yeah. of not like, right. We get all the money while you're rapping about it. But as soon as that indictment hit, whoa. Well, we not giving you bail, and, and not saying that they're telling you to do it. I'm not saying that they're enabling you. But it usually they're usually in the shadows, gaining all the benefit. But when it comes time to any type of repercussions or accountability, they. But but you got to remember this because, and I said this before. That's why you got to watch who you associate yourself with. Because guess what? It's not the. It's not their job. A lot of artists that come from the hood and they face unfortunate circumstances, they get this shit twisted where they think that these record labels is their friends because they give them a check, yeah. right? If you go work at Costco's because you get overtime and you make good money there or wherever you work at, they're not your friends, right? If you do some dumb shit on your own time, they're not putting up no money for you to fucking fight the case. Now, now wait a second. Like, when it comes to, like, artists, like, when it comes to artists, uh, of course, the label is going to reap the benefits of it because they put the money up. So they're going to get they got to get their ROI, their return on investment. Mm -hmm. They got to get whatever they can out of you that they whatever they put up back out of you. Now, they're not going to stand next to you at that point, because if you're alleged of doing all of these horrible things, like let's talk about the shit that he's alleged of doing. If he if he did do this shit, he's just a horrible fucking person if he did it. OK, so, so then let me ask you this question, right? And, and, and I'm saying, 
Are we just treating them like like a faceless, senseless bank? Are we not acting like they're real people that work for these companies, A&Rs, mm -hmm. who sign these artists? You listen to the music. You knew this kid was coming from. You guys are making decisions. Do we it's feel like that's money. why they sought them, not, sought him out since he's signed when he's already locked up? They're like, you you saw, have... like they see the energy that's around right. a Bobby yeah. Schmurter. You, you see these things. All I'm saying is that it's accountability. Yeah. Right. Nobody's saying you shouldn't get your return on investment, but how we're discussing this right now, we're saying, hey, take hey, you profited off p the, the deaths of these people that right. you're rapping about. But you know who also profited off of it? And again, maybe they didn't know as much as we're finding out now. The record labels did. Later in the week, we dug into Lear Cohen's Breakfast Club interview. The veteran executive spoke a lot about labels, streaming services, and artist development. He even addressed Rich the Kid's recent rant, claiming that he was being held hostage on 300 Entertainment, the label which Lear co-founded, and he was definitely not amused. I don't feel good about um, hearing that, but it, it sounds like he's a clown. Maybe it's a late night something. Here's the thing. I give money early. I sign a contract early. I don't know what his problem is. He should call me as my number. Look, do you, do you, ever you see redo if he calls me. Do you okay? ever redo contracts? Like, Of course I redo contracts. He's going to have a hard time because we don't, we don't play that. We are not playing. So throughout this interview, they definitely, of course, asked him about 300, Migos, Fetty, how that all went. And he maintains that, look, he's hyper-focused on artist development, but clearly he's not amused by Rich the Kid. What do you guys think? Um, well... You gotta remember with Leo Cohen, that's one of the top paper gangsters <laughs> in this game. No, seriously, like their contracts is tight. And you gotta look at how somebody that's his brand. Regardless of if he's at YouTube, whatever, right now, I mean, three hundred was like his thing after Def Jam, right? Or it's it was a baby. It's a yeah, baby. Yeah. Right. It's a he said it, people thought he was crazy when he was founding the label. It had like a rocky start, but right. clearly they got some good artists. So it it all goes back to relationships. And even if you feel that way, like you said, call me. Because the thing about it is, like you said, he's going to have a hard time. If he really wanted off that, that label, he just dug himself into a, a ditch mm -hmm. with that one. Because in this game, somebody will hold your shit spitefully just because you talking shit. So I don't know if Rich, Rich the Kid might have wrote a check that he, his ass can't cash with that one. you know. And it, it's only his label on... Yeah, it's his imprint, Rich Forever. It's his imprint, right? But you know what, though? This interview was really good, by the way. But, seen, and also seeing Lior speak is very rare, at least about like label stuff like this. He's right. been speaking a lot about YouTube stuff. But we're used to artists saying a lot of shit about their label. Their label never respond. Def Jam is trash! Yo, so-and-so is trash, they holding me up. The label never responds. It's usually... You know what I mean? All right, here's the next project. And sometimes it pushes the label to be like, okay, damn, the fans are on us now. Let's, let's see what's up. Right. Clearly, and, and you could tell he took it all personally. He took it personal, obviously, even with the Migos, because the Migos, and they came up to Complex for the cover story, and they were like, they spoke about their issues on 300 Entertainment, basically saying, yeah, we couldn't put out records as we wanted. Right. He took all the, these things personal. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And he was basically saying to all of them, like, listen, I've been here a, a little bit longer than all y'all, okay? Again, I am, I am the best or the, what did he say? He's not the best. He said, I might not be right in all situations, but I know a thing or two. And, he, for, of course, for the Migos, he used the comparison of culture one versus culture two. But in the Richard Kidd case, that's how I would imagine that all labels would, would be thinking or would like to respond when an artist calls them out. Yo, you can't just besmirch the name of a, a label like, yo, they suck, don't sign to them. And the label just say, okay, no. But I always wonder about that, honestly, because so many artists do it, including Uzi. So does it depend on the kind of artist you are? For some labels, uh, if the fans start attacking, does that put pressure on? Or in most cases, are they just pissed and they're going to make your life more difficult? Most cases, they'll just make your life more. Like, they can't really be pissed because at the end of the day, most of these labels are Fortune 500 companies. They don't lose any sleep by dropping you or holding you. So at the point where, you know, there's a disconnection between the artist, the management, and the label, and then it spews into media... They could just be like not answering calls because realistically, you can't do shit if you sign to a label without their consent. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to put out music, they'd be like, all right, cool. Put that shit on SoundCloud. One hour, down. A lot of people wonder why my, why my favorite artist video got taken down or why did their tape get taken down? Because they didn't clear it. They didn't get approvals. And a lot of artists, instead of staying independent, they want to chase the bag early. All right, let me get this bread. And I'm going to still be able to do what I want. No, like when you get into these agreements, they're agreements. Everybody has to sign off on something. Everything has to be cleared in order for it to um, put this project out. Because, like I said, they're a Fortune 500 company. They're not taking no L's, right? Um, the only, This was a good interview, but what I wasn't feeling is how he attacked Dame Dash. Yeah, and, and I don't know if we're going to get a chance to talk about it. But just wrapping up that point, yeah, that's the thing that people don't realize with labels, right? And, of course, it's not as, again, not as personal artist contract but right. his imprint when you're on when, when, when you're working with the label most times you give all your rights to them yeah, yeah. you heard what he said we give you money you give us your rights mm-hmm. right and and basically he was saying that yo you can't just cancel a contract when you feel like you can't either you outperform so he was basically saying we're willing to renegotiate mm-hmm. but we're not just letting you walk. so many people do that though yeah, yeah, sign but, a contract and then change your mind a month later you know i think richard kid did this though the migos did the same thing the Migos came out and said, we're not on 300. And I remember uh, Leo, I think he did a podcast with uh, Combat Jack, God rest his soul. And he said, wait, they said they're not on my label? Well, they need to re- reread the contracts because it definitely says different. Now, of course, th- that's some stuff that gets legally handled. Mm-hmm. And-, and I think for Richard Kidd, rather than get on Instagram Live or Instagram Story, he should have probably just hit his lawyers to probably get that handled. Well, because that was very- that's the only way you could get off the label because, you know what, you know what um, Leo and 300 is probably thinking? If you owe us some shit and we gave you money, the fuck are we just going to let you walk away? Like, so in, in what video, world of business? Rich, Rich was, right. he kept saying, like, I'll get y'all the money back. I don't know what that meant. Like, you he thought he was going to go somewhere else, make money, and then you can't pay just them do when that. you owe them? Even with the bank. The bank gives you, like, $10,000 loan. If, say, like, 
a year later be like, yo, I just give you no interest, nigga. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. but even if you you can't as an artist, you can't just do that. Like, you can't just get. You can get an, another company to buy you out if they feel like it's worth it, right? But a lot of, like you said, a lot of artists, first thing they do is they start making money and having <clears throat> some success and they attribute their success to only themselves, right? They don't, and I don't know what Rich the Kid's situation is. I'm speaking generally, not just on his shit. But a lot of artists forget the ones that helped them along the way. Even if it is partnering with a company like 300 or Def Jam or Atlantic, whomever, when you didn't have, they gave, right? So the thing about it is, is like, it's like somebody letting you live in, you letting somebody live in your crib. Somebody lives in your crib, they gotta abide by your rules. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I pay the rent in here, motherfucker. Take the garbage out. Do this, do that. Nothing in, in here is gonna get done without my approval. So the thing is, is that with Rich the Kid, like you said, I was I was alluding to before, you said he handled it more like a worker, not as a boss. Because bosses don't get on Instagram and start popping shit and talking all this other stuff. And then, and then we also realize the term boss is very is used very loosely, yep. right? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Everybody who's a rapper is a boss. They employ people, assistants, their manager, booking agents, they employ people. Or like hell, their homies get employed. Shit, so, they don't even be employed. I'm sorry, they don't even be employing people. They just be making money. Like people making money makes them feel like a boss. Mm -hmm. Where uh, the biggest thing about uh, being a boss is responsibility and being strategic. Strategic accountability. Mm -hmm. All these different strategizing. All these different things going to a boss because when you lose, you got to take that L, right? But when you win, everybody's championing you. So the thing about being a boss is a lot of people never really learned how to lose, therefore they can't really win. I mean, like they don't learn from their losses, therefore they don't know how to win. So when all these people screaming at their bosses, they don't know how to handle themselves. They just thinking about, oh, I got bread and I'm sitting, so. And, and like shit like this makes like Jay's 444 album and all those messages seem so much more powerful. Hey. Mm -hmm. Because niggas be claiming they boss, and then still have another boss that tells them what the fuck is going on. Right. <clears throat> when you're when you're the biggest boss and a nigga calling you a clown, who's your boss? You're not a boss, bro. You're, you're a, a worker. Clown, yeah. You get me? That's why you got to salute to Jay for tiling all these other initiatives. He don't got no person above him. He's literally the boss. Yep. You get me? And again, let's also think about again. You mentioned what if you really want to be like a boss and all that, and you don't want this to happen, you signed over your rights. Like most of these people, they they would not want to just stay independent, right? They of course want to check, but it comes to this. Yeah, I mean, one thing about um, being a great leader is that, like, you have to follow, right? Because everybody, people always say, "Oh, I don't want, I, I'm not a follower. I don't want to be a follower." In order to me to be a leader, I had to follow a lot of great people, but I followed a lot of wrong people, mm -hmm. and that's what taught me the difference. And in terms of like with doing business, I always look at it like this, and this is when I do contracts or whatever, I do deals. I always look at whomever we're doing the deal with, because it's, you have one thing, it's one thing to talk about the imprint, wherever the label is, but the people who make the deal happen. So if you don't have a relationship with these people, and it, and it might be certain things that you can learn, and if you feel like you can't learn, then how could you ever boss up? Hey, and while we keep throwing this word around a lot, I think it's also, I know it's not on the topic list, but we should talk a little bit about Dame Dash and how he was discussed, but mm -hmm. it's, it, it was a very stark reminder, the way how he, way how, and salute to Leroy, because he's definitely the global head of YouTube, and we are on YouTube, so we want no smoking, <laughs> we love him, trust me, right. okay? 
But the way he spoke about Rich the Kid, who proclaims he's the boss, yeah. the Migos, and I'm pretty much that could apply to all rap, most rappers that claim they're bosses. Pretty much, you ain't really a boss if you're playing with somebody else's money. You know what niggas is? You say, we gave you money. Mm -hmm. you're, you're really not a boss. Lira also shared some very interesting thoughts on how destructive the opioid crisis is and why it still wouldn't prevent him from signing an artist that promotes the glorification of drug use. I think the opiate pr problem, the, the sir problem, is the biggest problem that I've ever seen and I've ever faced. But at least the rappers were bringing a spotlight to you becoming a fiend. But I think it helped change the course of the crack epidemic. I don't know what's this opioid thing, man. Is She asked me, talent or issues? And I said, talent. But I, I, I have to, I, I can't give up on people. Don't you think that's hypocritical, though? You're saying um, it's opportunistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I got I got people to feed. All right. So this is America in a nutshell. Right. So we're admitting the problem is huge. But at the same time, he's like, I'm not going to stop signing talented artists, even if they're glorifying things that destroy our culture. What do you guys think? Mm. If I phrase that correctly. For a guy who is very careful with his words, uh, Lior, you fucked up that answer, man. Yeah, that you was... can say that, yo, some of these artists, uh, barely few make it through that that point i get it we're funding it and he did make a it was a very good analysis to say artists before when they were talking about drugs and stuff like that they brought a spotlight to it even though sometimes they glorified it now basically they're making it become cool to be fiends right like these new artists are making it cool to be and he fiends. sounds distraught about it when he's talking about it like i can't even like he can't wrap his head around the scope of how big the problem is and then he he basically just dismissed the idea of not signing them to not continue to promote this into the community to say i got family to feed mm -hmm. yo that was a bad answer that whole opioid shit like i don't that shit's not and i'm i don't i hate to compare tragedies mm -hmm. but you can't tell me that the opioid shit is having a bigger effect than uh crack when it comes to hip-hop reason why is because crack is something that hit urban communities. Opioid is just America in general. Uh, opioid is America in general. So it's like, it's cool when all right, artists are rapping about selling crack, right? They're rapping about selling crack and you may see some of the effects of it, but no crackheads were becoming star artists, right? Like they weren't becoming star artists. Later down the line, we heard that certain artists were using crack. But in terms of what crack did, you talk about all the laws that were passed to put people in jail for selling small amounts of crack where you could get caught with all of this cocaine mm -hmm. because it was a, a geographical issue as to where that shit was being put. That shit is in the hood, so nobody cares. Now, opioids is hitting suburbia and kids are going to rehab and kids are dying. Now it's this big ass issue, but I still got people to feed, so I'm gonna still sign artists who talk about this shit. Now, talking about drugs is not good at all, right? Certain artists, like, yeah, they brag about, one thing about rap, a lot of rappers lies. Even the ones that tell the truth, they exaggerate shit. Mm -hmm. Like when you hear a rapper say something about 30 bricks, he might have only saw one, right? In terms of this opioid shit, I think that it's just another cool thing to do in rap. Like how we talked about having bars was the thing to do, right? So now with the opioid issue, because artists like emphasize on that and that makes them big, 
You got people. To, you, you 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 got a family to feed. Yeah, and it's, it's, so he talks so much about artist development. I wonder, is there not a middle ground? It's like you can't force a rapper to change their music completely, but in terms of promoting it on social drug use in that way, is that not something that hey, they could press harder on? Again, I just like that the question was asked. Yeah. You know why? Because accountability is a big thing. Right. Shit. You said it's on the label. Shit, shit. People try to hold me accountable for a lot of stuff, right? And some yeah. rightfully and some I think might be off base. But there's accountability. There are people are making sure, hey, yo, what's up with this? You might be to blame for this. Mm-hmm. I feel just unanimously no one ever blames the label and they profit the most. And they're spending the most amount of money pushing it on the consumer. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, again, I'm one person. Complex is one outlet. And shit. The people who are really benefiting from these artists either um, putting out a message that might be hurting the community or or hurting themselves are the labels. Because the, but because rap is supposed to be expression, or hip hop is hip hop is true. Hip hop is expression. It's not just breakdancing. It's not just like a hundred bars. It's expression. Now I can understand a person expressing themselves, but when you're talking about we we're talking about the branding of it and the branding of an artist. So I understand that like. You want and what I did respect that he says that I don't like to give up on people, Mm -hmm. right? So cool. A lot of these artists, shit. You think maybe if I give you an opportunity, it might change them. You know what I mean? Maybe it might take you off the drugs, but then you see them, like doing more drugs. I always say like Pfizer Pharmaceuticals is not giving out endorsement deals for Percocets or any other downers or uppers or any of that shit. So I can never understand why people emphasize so much on that. But there's no background checks in this shit. I liked what he said, but I, I wish he had followed up by saying, <clears throat> "I don't give up on people. If I if if we if we sign an artist and we think they got a drug, and that does go back in artist development, mm-hmm. right? We're gonna try to get them help. We never heard none of that because right. what happens is that money doesn't fix any problem. It, it only enables it and makes it stronger. Right. If I was a some type of fiend before I got rich, now I got all the money I could get on limited supply. You think I'm about to slow down? Right. I'm about to turn it up. And you only see the help when they become a superstar." Right? And then it starts fucking with the bread and they're like, nah, we gotta get them in the rehab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, we get to Lil Uzi. Now look, we've had many discussions about his use of satanic imagery and references in his work, but it seems like he really crossed a line this week when he revealed some new artwork that pissed off members of a former cult known as Heaven's Gate for using their logo. Here's what the guys had to say about it. All right, guys, so we've talked a lot about Lil Uzi using cult imagery in his work and also telling fans things like they're going to hell if they listen to his music. Now he released a reported album cover this week called Eternal, a take if I'm saying that correctly. There's definitely some cult imagery used, and now the Heaven's Gate cult is pissed at him for using their logo. Do you think this is actually going to cause Uzi to back off in any way now that it's getting serious? Uh, It'll probably only cause him to, like, not making the album cover because yeah he could be sued right however uh he clearly has some type of plan and cohesive rollout plan or message or perhaps a cult of his own you know why (laughs) because weeks before a lot of people noticed that he had some weird looking guy as his avatar picture on um instagram and people looked the person up he was the leader of the heaven gates Mm -hmm. um cult which by the way is a cult that committed suicide right and then we saw he's now using the logo, so clearly he's playing along with that. There was also a message at the bottom that said, love is rage is the comment. And it, I, I don't know if he's trying to play into the philosophy of why they killed himself, but regardless, toying with that type of imagery is just a little bit 
too too weird for me, and I like weird Uzi, just not this weird. Uzi, my brother. And you always say he's being an actor. He's fucking trolling, yo. I, I'm I'm telling you, act. He's, he's trolling he's when trolling. he's mimicking a, yes, a cult that fucking, committed suicide. Act, he's trolling. And he yo. won't back down, even though the cult is actually. You can't co-sign this away, no. I'm not co. Okay. I'm not co-signing. I'm not co-signing none of the shit that he's doing because I think that that shit is trash. Like I don't. That's playing with death too. That's definitely playing with death. That's definitely playing with like a very sensitive subject because people's lives were lost. So when people see that image, you're gonna have people who remember their family members because they might not even be in tune to the music, but people will always remember that image. Right. Right. Now, I think he's still. I, I really think that he's trolling, and I think it's gonna backfire on him. I think it's gonna backfire oh, on him. In, in what way? Because. If the music, people are going to start figuring this shit out, I mean, on a mainstream level, because he's a superstar, right? He, like, we all consider Uzi a superstar. People are going to start figuring this shit out on a mainstream level, and they're going to start challenging who he is. The first couple times with the, oh, all of y'all are going to hell, it's like, we kind of swept that under the rug. I, I'm going to keep it 100. I didn't take it that serious, right? But now, when you keep pushing in on this shit, now you're going to have people protesting you. Mm-hmm. Now you and, and eventually, that's really not who he is, Right? So I think that he's going to either have to stop or he's going to have to explain himself. Or mm-hmm. Atlantic might just fucking pu- pull back a, a bit from the, from the project. No, yeah. And, well, this is what I got to ask you. Well, yeah. I think they don't love the fact that we're even discussing it. Right. But, and until it starts getting the protest, they mm-hmm. still love it. Right. But this is where I ask you, because you know what? I was completely in belief that, yo, he's trolling. Yo, he's just like... The six nines are gonna do antics, like right. you got skits and all that stuff he does, right? right? And and also he gets in beeps. You have the, um, the young thugs, like he used to say certain stuff, and he plays with his clothing and fashion that gets people talking. Right. Maybe this is Uzi's thing, and I used to think it's just of promotion, but I'm starting to think it might be of character. Mm. It's no way you're going this far. You're studying this stuff. That right. it, it, it seems like almost. Beyond just a, a promo tool, an ideology that you might subscribe to, Shit. it might be a religious belief of yours, and maybe not something that you're all committed to, but you're certainly interested in it because you're not just giving surface level shit. You're giving us some in-depth shit that is cohesive, not not like some random stuff that people could like try to figure out a puzzle. Mm-hmm. You're telling us what it is at this point. Right. You're, you're giving us a blueprint. So you pull up to the Uzi concert, academics come backstage. I'm going to introduce I you to this cult. <laughs> Tell me you're going to turn around. Bad blood. Okay, l- let me say this too, right? And that's what that's to to Aueno's point. He's kind of right. When I went to Uzi's concert and also during his Love Is Rage tour, um, a lot of people said, "Wait." There was a higher stage that he had that every time he went up there, there was a lot of devil imagery. And you, you'll see fire beneath him. There's even like some pictures now, like Billboard used the picture, you see there's fire in the background, which is usually symbolic of hell. Mm. Now, some people caught it, but it, sometimes, you know what I mean? If you're not looking at every detail as a fan, some things goes over your head, right? right? So he snuck in a couple of those little images and symbols there, and people ignored it. But now it's so blatant. What are we going to do? Yeah. Are we going to talk about this, Uzi? Like, is, is it Marilyn Manson? Is it, is it these influences? And how, how how committed are you? I think, but you know what, with you saying that, I think that maybe this is something for us to just to get to talk about Uzi. Maybe he doesn't feel like, I, I don't know what he feels, because these actions, yeah. are, like, I've never seen shit like this from him. But 
like you said, like we know why Six Nine does the funny videos he does because he Six Nine's value ship comes from people speaking about him and sharing. Like, yo, did you see him say this or did you see him do this? So maybe that that's why I feel a, a part of me feels like it's trolling. But you are right. Like this might be of character now, like because you're going a little bit too hard. A lot of times trolling, while the act might be trolling, it is somewhat true to your character the way you troll. Mm. For example, with 6ix9ine, what he said on the breakfast, not on Angie Martinez show, mm -hmm. he said, I'm, I am the type of guy who will Poke keep poking right. at you until you get to the point that you want to do something, right. right? And however that manifests in a trolling way, gets him promo. promo. Uzi, he seems just like a flat-out devil worshiper. <laughs> and if you don't, if that's not true to character at all, how the hell did you just pick that out of the hat? Mm. So I, I do believe he's someone, if not very curious, committed to that in some some source and that actually strikes me as i'm a little worried for him mm. because not to quote you again right but you you say you don't like when artists talk about death yeah i don't they can speak stuff in existence i remember watching one of his lives and he said listen he said he said, I sold my soul and I sacrificed myself for you guys. <laughs> Man, and I don't know. I might be with Wayne on this one that he's trolling. I went through that phase where you painted your fingernails black and wore weird jewelry <laughs> and I thought I was like pagan uh, and all this shit. I'm admitting it. I'm admitting it. I was like 11. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Part of the I don't know if goth? I believe that. Like I mean, I was like fake goth for like a year and a half. I don't know <laughs> that Uzi's really in the cult, but look, if he is, act, I'm worried about you. No, no, right. I think you're going to end up in this cult. Stop. Whoa, time out. <laughs> right. We just learned some valuable information about our And now, hey, this is where we Cut. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't really think Uzi's in a Listen, cult, but he is taking it quite far. Let me just say, I got a ransom to anybody who uh, <laughs> finds Nadeska's gothic pictures. That would oh, love man. That's would love good. That would be so Would you funny. share those? I'll share my baby pictures. Fuck your baby your pictures. Baby Let me pictures. get. Fuck my baby. I want to see your. <laughs> I want to see college pictures when you still had the Jamaican accent. Right. When you were DJing Rutgers have, parties. We still have the Jamaican. We have table. We have table. Ah. Let me get on top of Jamaican. Let me talk Jamaican. Hey. Let me get on top of Jamaican. Let me get on top of Anyway. Yeah. No, no, but seriously though, I want to see those pictures. All right, I'll find those pictures for you. In the meantime, you stay away from Uzi. Stay safe. I used to date a chick like that. She, she, she had all that, and she tattooed beetles right here. I couldn't get why she. No, I didn't do the beetle tattoo shit. That's kind of weird, but. That's our show for the week. Thanks for tuning into the Everyday Struggle podcast. We'll catch you here every Friday. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.